Apex Network Production. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show on PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Pulp MX show. Just kidding, boys. You have reached the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. That's right. Fly Racing Moto 60. We are live Thursday noon. Let's look ahead to High Point. I'm very excited to have all you guys here. Don't forget, you can get this on uh, iTunes under the Fly Racing thing um, show. You can get it on Stitcher. You can get it on the Pulp MX app. You can get it all. Uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Supported by Fly Racing, one of the fastest-growing MX and off-road riding apparel and hard part brands in North American market and distributed in 40-plus countries worldwide, folks. That's right, Fly Racing USA. Check them out on Twitter and on Facebook and their website and get a Fly Racing uh, some gear, official gear of Trey Kennard, Andrew Short, and Adam Entenap. That's right. I, I just dropped that. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, taking your calls, uh, producing the show, uh, handling everything behind the scenes is uh, none other than uh, the guy from the Pulp Show that we all know and love, the Tits Legendary. Tits, what's up? Hello. How are you? Great. How's your day going so far? Wonderful. Thanks for showing up. Mm-hmm. Really appreciate it. Yep. All right. Uh, we got uh, three rounds down, nine to go in the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championships. Uh, we're not really seeing uh, a pattern yet. From the, It's a little early. We're looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. The tiers of the classes are well established now. We're seeing who's, who the potential race winners are every week and who aren't. And uh, we're moving forward. So interesting also uh, this week at High Point, round four of the series, after this weekend, first weekend off of the series. So sometimes there's things to be learned and things to be gained Things to be lost on the on a weekend off. So interesting to see at Bud's Creek round five, who comes out ahead. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. Go ahead and call us. Uh, let us know what you think of the nationals so far. What you think we're going to see this weekend at High Point, and uh, at some point we're going to give away a Fly Racing three four helmet. Uh, that's right. It's a super cool helmet. It's got the Snell. It's uh, got the EPS foam. It's got a airport induction cooling system. Quick release pads. You name it, the Fly Racing 3-4 helmet's got it. Thanks to, thanks to the guys at Fly Racing for doing that. And that's right. You can win a helmet just for listening to this stupid show. Um, pretty amazing, really, when you think about it. 702-586-7857. Call in if you can and uh, let us know what you think. And uh, So last year, I like to go back before a race, or as I'm writing my observations columns, go back and look and see what happened at the race last year and see if there's any patterns, because there's certain riders that obviously go better on certain tracks. So last year, high point, Tomac went 2-1. Uh, Marvin, Muskan, last week's winner, uh, went 6-4. Roxon went 5-2. I remember he had some problems in the first moto. And uh, Baggett went 3-5. So that, that's in the 250 class. So I'm, And I specifically remember Tomac being the man. So he went 2-1. Uh, obviously last year, Dungey won one Alessi went 2-2, which was a great ride for Mike. And uh, how about this, folks? Last year, high point. Jake Weimer, 3-3. That's right. 3-3 last year. So uh, with that, let's bring our, our guest in for this noon hour, this nooner, as we call it, on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. JT, what's up? What's happening? Not only is this the Fly Racing Moto 60 show, but you wear fly gear and you work for Western Power Sports slash uh, I don't know if I wear it. I don't really wear much of anything other than jeans and a t-shirt anymore. But when you ride, uh, when you ride, yeah, yeah, oh, for sure, without a doubt. You wore fly for a long time. I did, yeah, like eight out of the last eleven years or something like that, right. or nine out yeah, of the last yeah. eleven. Something you wore like that. you wore fly when Tim Ferry wore fly helmets. Okay. Um, right after, yeah, he started because yeah. their helmet was kind of the first deal. So, uh, yeah, he who started can, before I did, but same time for who, sure. Who can forget that? When Ferry Row wore uh, a fly helmet? Probably mostly everyone. Okay. We had a trivia contest we, about that. We did, yeah. Most people didn't get it. Well, I remember. You do. Uh, so, JT. Yep. So, this weekend, high point. Uh, Jake Weimer. Is that where it is? I haven't looked at my itinerary. Jake Weimer went 3-3 last year. Um, yeah, he did. I think it was a little bit different. A little bit different so, year. But does he go? still a fact. Does he go 3-3 this year? No way. 
Um, hey, let's talk about High Point a little bit. Um, what, where does it rank for tracks for you? What's it like to ride? What's the prep like? Uh, obviously, we've seen lots of mud races there over the year. And, by the way, the weather this weekend, there's rain dancing around the race. Rain on Friday, rain on Sunday. It's supposed to be nice on Saturday, but there's rain dancing around. So, there could be a chance that it falls on Saturday. But, uh, what is the track like, JT? Uh, I think it's pretty good. Um, you know, obviously, it can be, the weather's always one of the biggest question marks around this race. So, kind of coming out of spring, and for, typically it's always on Memorial Day, right? So, right. we're uh, a couple weeks past that this year or whatever. Um, but still, it can be can be rainy, as we're seeing again. Uh, but if it, if it is dry on Saturday, which I think is all that's going to matter, you know, it could even rain on Friday, mm-hmm. still no problem. Uh, they do a good job. Um, you know, it was big Dave Coombs' race for a long time, and, and it's still kind of, uh, I think they, they take a lot of pride in it being, you know, MX Sports' home race, and they do, a good, they do a good job. I think it'll be, you know, weather permitting, it's going to be an awesome event. What's the track like to race on? Talk about that a little bit. To me, it's uh, a little bit like Muddy Creek this past weekend, where you're, like, never going straight. You're perpetually going up a hill, down a hill, on an angle, you know? Yeah, it, it's gotten kind of gone away from that a little bit it used to be very much so like i would say it was by far the most off camber uh type track of the year but they've they've made it a lot more kind of straight line and flattened it out and even if you're going up and down the hill you're still the bike is up you know kind yeah. of perpendicular versus off off camber kind of lean uh and that's just from track changes and that and that kind of thing um you know they've taken away that long downhill and that kind of stuff but right uh you know, depending on if they disc it or if they leave the lines in it, it can be really ruddy and, uh, you know, look like a slot car track, or it can be, like, perfect. You know, it can be pretty smooth and mm-hmm. kind of can carve all over. So it really always, in virtually all of the tracks this way, it comes down to how they prepare it. You right, know, after right. that second practice, what do they do to it? Do they just water it and let it go, or do they do they rip it up again? So you, I'm always interested on the hot lap to see what it looks like because we really have no idea what their plans are either. You like it ripped up. You think they should be ripped, ripped up. I do, yeah, and I know it makes it smoother, don't get me wrong, right. but I still, I think it's better for passing, and I know as a rider, I loved it when it was like that. It was just so much more fun to ride, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so if I had my way, that's how they would do it, but I understand the other side of it, too, if you want a rough, gnarly racetrack, yeah. and that's probably not the best thing for it. A couple of the signature, um, well, they used to have Bradshaw Boulevard, and they still have it, but what they've done is a travesty. Uh, to Bradshaw Boulevard. For years, it was a section and series of jumps and tabletops right alongside Pit Row that was interesting and cool, and now it's just flat because that's where the mechanics area is. So, well, and they've done that. They've done that on a ton of the track. You know, that they had the the wood uh, kind of berm that you bounced off the wood there Yeah. Uh, by the mechanics. They had that, you know, that whole mechanics straightaway kind of that was off camera on the start, which mm-hmm. was cool. Uh, and then you came hauling ass back down into the first turn and, all those up and downs that they had after kind of after the staircase, you went up and then back down and up, and all that stuff is kind of gone now. I don't like that. I don't like that. Yeah, no, no, me too. And like the the tree sections, a lot different, which is actually gone now. You know, the, where we went back in the trees over there. Yeah. It, so it, a lot it, of the staples yeah. of the of the track are gone, which is unfortunate because I thought that stuff was cool and unique, and we need more individuality in the series. I think. Yeah, the bouncing off that berm, off the wood, but always oh, pretty cool. Um, now I guess you have the downhill roller section and the uphill start, two things that have yeah. kind of stayed the same. Right, and and most of it, you know, I think that's that's going away. You know, all the stuff I remember from these tracks, like Southwick with the Frog Pond, and I know yeah. that was a, a property line type, type deal, but right. just so, so much of this stuff is going away, and it's kind of unfortunate because this is stuff that, you know, grow up and, and tell people about, like, oh, man, I, re- I remember going down, you know, and, Right. Stuff, there's still there's still a stuff like that like screw you and gravity cavity and stuff, but I hate when they start taking that stuff away. <laughs> Maybe that's next. Maybe they're gonna Never take know. away our screw you, man. Um, yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, it's you know I know stuff changes and your con- stuff constantly evolving, but and I don't want to sound like a you know getting nostalgic or anything, but that stuff what makes the sport cool. Screw them if they take my screw you. All right, screw it. Screw it. Uh, 702-586-7857. we got some lines open if you want to call in and talk about the uh, upcoming national. So um, no matter how they prep the track, JT, whether it's ruddy or whether it's dissed up, do you expect any surprises this weekend? 
Um, you know what? I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if you saw some guys up front that we haven't, and especially in the white class. I think the 450 is the guys are just too good, and you've already seen everybody kind of poke their head in there that, that are good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think Durham, if he's healthy, could be really good here. Uh, yeah, that was which we've seen him, you know, six seven spot. But I think he could be he could be up in the top five if okay. all things are are good. It's a real shame that he uh, crashed at Hangtown because he was a definite surprise. Yeah, at, and at I still Hangtown. think he will be. I think he's just. I mean, he literally has a hole in his leg that he's dealing with, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I think he will be good this weekend. I think he's confident there and. He wasn't terrible last week, but you could tell he, you know, he yeah. wasn't 100 percent by any means. So, um, I think Nico Izzy is still his best days are ahead of him as, th- as far as the series goes. Yeah, you know, he had a bad deal last week where his bike basically died on him and he crashed really hard. It wasn't his fault. Oh, is that what happened? Okay, so I didn't. Yeah, didn't it know was that. smoking the whole lap before that, and then it just quit on him oh, uh, over yeah. that jump. Because it was yeah, an odd place to crash. Point. It's just a tabletop. Like, oh, yeah. We, yeah. Well, myself and uh, and Dan were watching the whole lap, and his bike was smoking. We're like, oh, I don't know. You know, because the four strokes now, they can smoke forever and still finish, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you always mm-hmm. see that. And they're like, oh, yeah, it'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he's, like, flying through the air. So, <laughs> um, um, I think, you know, those guys are still guys that have a ton of potential that haven't really shown anything. And I think there's going to be certain tracks where they do that. And this mm-hmm. is one that's kind of different than the other tracks that it's very possible where those guys have done it before. So, Durham could be a guy. Durham could yeah, be Durham, somebody for sure. I think Durham's the easy pick for a guy that hasn't really kind but, of shown much this year, and man, what's he his could really uh, open some eyes. What's his top end though? What's his? What's the best? Uh, I mean, I, mean, I can he, he gets a whole shot. I think he could run. He could run top three. Oh, okay, that good, huh? Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know if he finishes first, but right. If he, if he gets a whole shot and runs and runs up front first, second for fifteen minutes and ends up third or fourth, I, I'm not surprised at all. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think a healthy Darren Durham, sure. But now, missing all well, this time. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Right. All things being good, right. it's kind of I, I don't know 100% how his fitness is and, and how bad he's in pain and all that stuff. Yeah. So. yeah. No, he, you know, home track, home tracks, and adrenaline have a way of kind of erasing a lot of a lot of negatives. Uh, had James Stewart on the Pulp MX show on Monday night. He said he's gone back to the Air Fork, and um, I asked him if he was looking forward to. High point, and he really wasn't. He said if he was, like, in the title, if he was winning everything, high point would be one track that he would be like, let's just get through this. So, with his riding yeah, the way it some, is. He's yeah. had some bad get-offs there. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, he rides good there. I, I, I don't think it's something where he's slow there, but I think that uh, Mount Morris, Unadilla, uh, you mm-hmm. know, there's a few where he's just kind of like, ah, man, let's, you know, I need to get some points and get the hell out of here. So don't expect Stewart to be sw- flipping any switches for this weekend. As well. well, you never know with that guy. You know, yeah. <laughs> we'll say that, and then he'll come out and have turn in his best yeah. race of the season. So, um, Michael Lessie is someone who who rode well at Muddy Creek. I thought he rode well at Lakewood. He went two two last year, and maybe he's not going to go two two this year. But he goes good at High Point. He's typically really good here. Yes. Yep. But we would have said that about Hangtown too, right? Good so. point. Uh, uphill, uh, uphill start. I think starts are, a, a, yeah. you know, he's very, very good at starts, and this uphill start is one that he tends to excel on, so that could be a huge key for him. Uphill start, what's it like going up that thing? Uh, I mean, it's it's not a ton different than any other start. It's just kind of you got to get the gate really is almost uphill. Like you yeah. basically come across the gate, and then it's like vertical almost. Uh, so if you get a good jump, you know, things kind of are the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you see a lot of uh, – the factory bikes tend to have a big advantage, and and honestly, the the biggest advantage is your qualifying time. Yeah. If you're on the outside, you're screwed. Like no <laughs> other way to look at it. You're you have to actually go probably an extra fifty yards. Yeah. To get to the first turn than the guys on the yeah. inside. So. Remember that back in the day, the hot tip was the very inside gate. They wouldn't disc it all the way over there. Well, yeah, and, and two, they've kind of brought the, and now they, the now they apex of the turn back to the to the right, I guess. So He's, you kind of almost have to bend back right and then left. So it's taking that advantage away oh have uh, they moved it yeah have they moved yeah the, a little the, bit it okay. used to be the apex of the turn would be actually left of the inside gate so it was the shortest distance the less till like all these things like yeah, yeah, yeah. the top qualifier whatever like Lampson would be there every time you know he'd always <laughs> be number one plate on the 125 and yeah you know it'd be almost like steel city was the same way where the first turn was a straight line to the first gate so it would just be like one two three four you know qualifying all the way down which is um, 
So now typical of GPs, but not so good for here. Now you want to go? What do you figure? Ten in? Yeah, you'll see five, those guys. Five um, to ten in. You know what? Carmichael always used to say, um, "Condition over position." So at the, he could go, he would go over five gates or whatever if the if the gate was better, like yeah. the dirt was better, the exit was better, all those things. He wasn't as worried about where he was. He was more worried about the actual condition of the dirt and the condition of the exit of the gate. So. Right. Right. Um, um, kind of have to look at all those factors before you just decide where you're going to go. Condition over position, JT. Yeah. I like it. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, let's get to some phone calls here. Uh, 702-586-7857. You got a question about round four of the Lucas Oil AMA Nationals at High Point or uh, really almost anything. Uh, call in, and uh, JT and I will uh, will answer it. Uh, Joe, what's up, man? Hey, how you doing, Steve? Good. Hey, thanks for oh. listening. Let me get away from the radio there. I'm at work, so I don't want that in the background. So you're working and listening to the show. That's that's dedication. Me too. Yeah, Me like too. That. I'm a I'm a fireman. Oh shit! You, yeah. Okay. Never mind. I get, I get to I get to do that kind of thing. What's up, Ping? <laughs> so so anyhow, um, love the show. Thanks for doing the the end of week segment. You and JT are awesome. Thank and, you. And Peter yeah. is too. Yeah, he's all right. My my question kind of brought about from the the. Uh, uh, segment with John Anderson from W Wheel mm-hmm. tonight. Hints and clutches. They're on everything out there. What is their arrangement with the teams as far as I can't believe that they're big enough to be cop and clutches to everybody, especially when, you know, you look at they're changing them out every moto and you know that would end up being a ton of dough. That's uh so what they don't they don't supply plates. Well in some cases they do. But uh, generally speaking, the plates themselves are stock. Uh, okay. What Hinson supplies is uh, outer basket, inner basket, and pressure plate. Now, sometimes for the top top levels, they'll actually make some plates and they'll fool around with plates and coat. They'll coat the aluminums for you and things like that to make them last longer and keep the oil fresher. But generally speaking, it's the clutch components themselves. Okay, so not the plates, just baskets. Yeah, and, baskets okay. and everything else. And and the advantages is. Oil holes in the uh, Hinson to uh, get more lubrication in there. They're stronger. Sometimes the inner hubs are preloaded uh, a bit um, to help sp- with spring pressure. Um, different gearing even on the back of a, of a, of a main clutch if, they, if, if, if somebody wants it. Um, mm-hmm. Those are the advantages of a Hinson. So. All right, Joe. Okay, thanks a lot. I All appreciate right. it. Thanks. Go rescue, that show. Go rescue that cat. All right. Uh, Luke, what's up, man? Hey, uh, question for you. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Jake Weimer, Tyler Attray, or Josh Grant? Who has the better finish, and who finishes further inside the top ten, if at all? JT? Uh, overall finish, I'm going to take Rattray, just be, just basically gone off what we've seen in consistency, but I don't think he has more speed than Josh Grant. He just seems like he's finishing motos right now, and the other two are kind of struggling. Um, Grant, obviously fastest qualifier um, at uh, Muddy Creek, is, and he rode well in the first moto. And second moto, he had bike problems. Yeah, he did absolutely. Uh, and he does. I've seen him go fast at High Point as well. So I've seen him fast go fast almost every track, I guess. But uh, I like Grant. I like Josh Grant. Maybe he's coming around. I know the JGR guys. I was just there last week. They said his shoulders still not where he wants it to be. It's coming around, though. He's getting better. It's getting stronger. So uh, I'm going to go with Grant. Not taking Jake Weimer after a 3-3 last year. Man, yeah. I mean, that would be obviously going 3-3 meant, meant that he had a great day and he, and he and he goes fast on the track. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Grant. I, right. I think that that the it. fact that we all picked three different people says how difficult it is because you can say Rattray's consistency or Josh Grant's pure speed and – him, him coming around, or you know the fact that Weimer's done really well there before. So it's, I don't yeah. think there's really a right answer until we on Saturday afternoon. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks for taking the question. Hey, Luke. Yeah. You want a free fly helmet? I would love a free fly helmet. You win. Uh, fly Racing three four helmet, courtesy of the folks at Fly Racing USA. Snell dot approved poly alloy shell construction, poly alloy shell construction, multi port air induction cooling system, EPS liner. Quick release pads. Uh, thanks to our friends at Fly Racing for the uh, Fly Racing 3-4 helmet. JT, what color should he get? Uh, what kind of bike you ride? Ride a Cowie. 
Right, Cal. Yeah, I would either the black and white or the green. I mean, they're they're honestly they're all that helmet's pretty cool. It's really new, uh, and I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of it or anything, but it's actually pretty awesome. You know, for for the price, it's a pretty amazing helmet. Nobody cares, awesome. but Appreciate the white and black one is oh, my okay. favorite. Yeah, yeah. When I was looking at it earlier. Luke, stay on hold. Uh, Tits will tell you. will sell you on the white black one. <laughs> will do. Thanks, guys. Hold on. All right. Uh, thanks to folks at the Fly Racing again. Without them, this show wouldn't happen. And JT Parker. There's also a matte black one too, which I'm sure Mathis loves. Kind of a black and gray. Matte black. Yeah, matte. Yeah. Yeah. All the helmet manufacturers need to stop that manufacturing immediately. No, it's our number one seller, bro. Uh, I disagree. Why would we do that? I disagree. I, okay. You um, can't disagree with facts. It's actually uh, not possible. Let me see. Prove it. Prove it. All right. I'll fax it over to you. Uh, Joel, what's up, man? How are you doing, Steve? Oh, I haven't I, talked to you for a long time. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for calling. Not a problem. Uh, just wanted to talk to you guys about the, uh, I don't know, I guess the clean riding that's going on in the Nationals and the Supercrosses and stuff like that. You know, it seems like ever since, you know, Tomac and Wilson kind of got together last year, I don't know if the AMA had a talking to with the other riders or anything, but I don't recall the riding being this clean at any time when I've watched the sport. I mean, I've been around the sport for 30 years. I mean, do you think there's anything behind that, or is it just a coincidence or a lot of respect between the riders or too much to lose by taking somebody out? Um, it's early in the series, so you know, I don't know if Justin Barsha um, and Villapoto and those guys, if, if they keep it clean as the, as the rounds go by. Uh, I don't think the AMA has said anything to anybody. Um, we, do, we do live in a world where a simple block pass is considered dirty nowadays. So uh, what do you think, JT? Uh, yeah, I think it's it's a combination of kind of the guys that were notoriously dirtier maturing a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I think there's obviously been some some harsh words from, you know, the powers that be kind of like, you guys need to cut that out. Uh so no, I would agree. It's it's been relatively clean, and and I kind of I'm kind of a fan of that. Like I, I think to have any longevity and, and to avoid injuries and stuff like that, you can't be doing stupid stuff out there. So also too, Joe, look at Ryan Dungey. He, I mean, obviously he's had some aggressive moves. On, I can think of some on Jake Weimer, but Ryan Dungey and Ryan Villapoto legitimately respect each other. You know, unlike when a, a Chad Reed and James Stewart were on the top, were one two or one A and one B. And they didn't like each other too much. I believe that Dungy and Villapoto are perfectly fine with each other. Dungy, uh, not that type of guy. Ryan uh, gives up the respect as he gets it, and he's gotten respect from Dungy. So those two guys set the tone. You know, there's nothing nothing going on between those two guys, I don't think. So um, I think that's where it kind of goes to. Well, I appreciate your time, and I appreciate all you guys do, because, as you know, I spend about a 1,000 miles a week in the car and listen to all your stuff. So. Yeah. No, thank you, man. I appreciate it. We we try to pump it out. There's some, there's a, This week there'll be, uh, with this show, there's six hours of Mathis on the air. There you go. Jesus. Another day, another four and a half hours in the car. So. All right. All right, man. Hey, is, J, hey, is JT going to be traveling to Omaha anytime soon? Uh, not that I know of, man. Uh, you, you never know. Like, I can pretty much plan my trips now, but I don't have anything, you know, on the schedule. But I'm sure I'll be out there at some point. I just don't know when. Okay. Say hi to Bob for me. We'll talk to you later. All right. All see right, you. Um, Brad, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, buddy? What's happening? Uh, I just want to know, uh, who needs to have a breakout ride this, this weekend in High Flight? 250 and 450. What? Who needs to have it? Yeah, we need to have a breakout uh, ride. I don't want to say step it up. But don't say no. Don't don't say step it up. Um, JT, what well, do you think? Who needs who needs a good ride? Well, I know we've already discussed Weimer, but he could really use it. <laughs> uh, Br- Brayton could really use it. Uh, trying to think, you know, I think Baggett. It's not that Baggett's doing horrible, but he is a defending champion. You know, yeah. a win would probably go a long way for him. Even a moto win, just a moto win mm-hmm. by Baggett. Just, just win anything. Just, yeah. yeah, just something just to going into the break. Yeah, something to, for Baggett to throw it down and be like, "Look at bitches, I got this plate for a reason." Yeah, and I think for him too. I think he's kind of like right. you know he's probably frustrated. So, right, it's been a lot of the same guys every week. So there's there's quite a few guys that probably are kind of like, man, I really need to turn it up here. No more euros to take positions away. Yeah, James Stewart, another guy. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes uh, out of country, people come in and take uh, mechanics jobs away too. 
Yeah, I hate those bastards. Anyway, um, if, it, if it is muddy on uh, on Saturday, uh, who's got the best advantage? Like, who's the best mud mud rider on the field? Um, uh, Dungey's pretty good, that's for sure. In the mud, um, Barsha's good. Barsha's yeah, Barsha's good. Um, I'm sure Roxen is good. I can't pick a think of off the top of my head, but being from Europe, they ride in the mud a lot. I'm sure he's probably pretty good. Uh, RV's probably not that good. Although at High Point a couple years ago, it was muddy and he. Dominated one moto. That's the moto. Uh, yeah, he won mm-hmm. one moto. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's up in the air, man. Mud races are. Yeah, I get a good start and yeah, yeah mud, get mud a lot better in the mud. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Brad. Uh, Kenneth, what's going on? Well, the mud's just trying to get over uh, not winning that uh, neck brace last week. Sorry, bro. All right. Um, uh, yeah, I had, a, I had a question about the get tuning stuff, where they can uh, like map the engines uh, based on corners and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so does that actually apply during the race? No, no, you cannot do it during the race. It's not uh, not that kind of stuff to do. Um, it's just data. It's just data collection, really. Yep, exactly. Cool. Nothing, cool. To, nothing to do like during the race, like you see in F one, which I think even that's outlawed in F one. Yeah, I'm they sure. outlawed that. Yeah, yeah. but uh, no, you cannot do it on uh, while the race is going on. All right, cool. All right. And uh, great, great write-up by Tits. All right, I'll tell him that. He's on the phone, but I'll tell him. All right, thanks. All right, thanks. Tits, uh, Kenneth liked your story on pulpamex.com. He's not even listening. Um, <laughs> hey, um, JT, what do you what do you hear uh, regarding Eli Tomac? Anything new next year-wise? Uh, I mean, I, I've heard from a few people that he's already – Signed, sealed, and delivered to RCH. But oh yeah, okay. That's what I heard. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then Wilbur kind of taking the fork of the roll there. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Wilbur. I think um, Wilbur's already uh, has his people shopping for gear and things like that for the yep. and telling you know what it, what it's for. So right. Um, right. And I, I kind of think that it's that that talk is quieted down now because the people that it matters to already know. You know. Oh, like there was all this talk about Tomac for a while, and I think he signed, and then it kind of nobody really cares anymore because it's done. So you don't hear much. You don't about hear it. much, yeah, yeah. So okay, so probably, oh well, not probably. But we'll see. RCH, that'll be interesting. Um, what are you saying, Tits? What am I pointing at? Yeah, I was taking a call, and you were pointing. Oh, at, I was I telling you was that going. Kenneth on the phone thought your write-up was good. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I don't that. know. He's blind, also, so you know, <laughs> yeah. that's why he liked it. Okay, um, I, I got you. Sorry. Alex, what's going on? Hey, guys, what's happening? What, 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 thank you for listening to the uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 show. No problem. Did you guys read the RCH High Point Racing Advanced press release on RacerX? No, no. What was well, it? I'm, I'm just reading through it, and it's pretty much, uh, the, it's just the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Brock Tickle is a footnote in Ricky Carmichael's history, and they've kind of created this little little thing at the bottom where they've got a promo across stat checks Uh where it, I mean, I could be reading it wrong, but it looks like it claims Tickle has six wins. Oh, well, um, no, he doesn't have six wins. He's got two Supercross wins, JT. It's, it's called the, the, the top of it says 2013 Lucas oil, uh, excuse me, promo across stat check. And then it has starts with tickle underneath it. Motos three, wins six, top three zero, top tens zero, and then a one at the end of nothing. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I'll check it out. It, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, a lot, a lot of times the guys that write the press releases aren't even at the races. You know, they're just uh, yeah an outside agency yeah, I, handled to, I just to write it was a really race. really bizarre. Like it doesn't even make sense. Kind of like our the uh, commercial for Masters show where the guy says Michael Lisi. <laughs> very similar. That's a very good point. Do you think Kenny wrote it? It sounds like he would write it. Okay. Yeah. Book on more. Exactly. The RCH is in bad shape if they've got Kent writing their um, press release. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Uh, I'll check it out, Alex. So I will. I, I do want to see what you're talking about after the show. I'll, I'll look at it. Maybe we'll figure it out. Have some laughs. All right. Thanks, man. All right, thanks, guys. Have a good show. All right, 702-586-7857. Uh, call in. JT, um, uh, please give us our weekly Chad Reed update. Please. I don't really have one. It's a hurricane down there right now, so probably not much of anything going on. Bob Hanna's there? 
Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, now they, no, I, you know, I'm sure he's trying to get better. He probably rode a little bit this week, but you know, it's, they're they're floating around right now down there. Are you talking about for real? It's a hurricane. Yeah, yeah, oh. like tropical storm or whatever. Like it's oh. bad. Like the whole state's flooded. Oh, who knew? So that that'll hurt uh, most but, everybody that watches the news and stuff. <laughs> Good one. I see what you did there. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. So it'd be interesting to see. Maybe uh, Ryan Dungey doesn't get riding time in. Justin Barsha. Uh, I think it's kind of still, it's been below them. Like, it, it'll be probably there later today or tomorrow. Okay. So they should be fine, but it kind of rolled in last night, yesterday. And what about, and and what night. about travel plans, getting the high point? Yeah. Maybe. Could be, uh, yeah. Could be dodgy. Hey, um, uh, we talked about Josh Gunn a little bit for being a turning point for this weekend, or coming off Muddy Creek, maybe he can do something. I, I do think he can, and I, I think we'll see a better James Stewart and hopefully a better Chad Reed, but uh, switching to the... Um, Lights class, JT. What's the and you know you're the expert here, and that's why that's why you're on the show. What's the top end of Cooper Webb and Jeremy Martin? Like what what can they do? Obviously, you know Jeremy Martin's a quasi rookie. Cooper Webb's a full rookie. Um, where do you, where where can these guys go? Well, to be honest, if if everybody's you know in a perfect scenario where nobody crashes or does anything, I think. They, you know, third place. Um, you know, the, the moto where Jer- where Cooper got third, the other two were about 30 seconds ahead of him, mm-hmm. like a, a legitimate 30 seconds. Right. So, uh, I, you know, unless something happens to one of those two, I don't think he's ready to beat either of those two straight up. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, being on the podium is nothing to, nothing to sneeze at. So, uh, it's pretty pretty strong, you know, company being. And what about Martin? Yeah, same thing? Yeah, I think I think Cooper's maybe a little bit a little bit better, but it's not a huge gap. I mean, if Jeremy got third in the moto, I wouldn't be just blown away. Okay, but I I see him more like four or five, you know, three to six. He could get into if he rides well. Right, right. But it's not a it's not a complete reach for him to get third in the moto. It'd, it'd be tough, and I maybe don't see it, but it could happen. So, again, uh, once again, I think for the third national in a row, our top five was the same. Muskan, Tomac, Roxon, Baggett, Osborne. I think those guys have been yeah. in the top five every single, overall, every single race. Yeah, and I think even Muskan is making kind of an argument to be, you know, with Baggett, you got to figure Baggett's going to get better as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Osborne, too. I mean, those guys are just so solid and strong, and, and they're veterans and in good shape. And it's going to be hard to displace them, you know, unless they just have complete freak accident or crash or bike breaks or something over two motos it's really hard for those guys to get beat to those top five spots okay but uh because we like playing the prediction game on the fly racing moto 60 show who is the number one guy to break that up uh after watching last week i think well super web obviously has a very strong case for it Mm -hmm. but just just in the spirit of kind of something unexpected, I would say Bogle was, you know, Bogle he was, was pretty really, yeah. really impressive last week. Or, you know what I like is um, I've seen Jason Anderson um, start up front, yeah, finish up too. front, and then when Jason yeah. Anderson doesn't get a start, he moves forward all moto. He's charging yeah. hard. He's moving forward. He, he may not get back to, you know, a top five spot in his, as he's moving up, but he is going forward the whole moto. Um, yeah, I agree. That's so, that's the great thing is right now you can pick a bunch of different guys and be like, oh yeah, you're right, you're right. You know, there's. I think in years past we've kind of been like, yeah, well these are the guys. We'll see what how they shake out. Right. This year there's a bunch of guys. You know, I think the the sport's getting younger and these guys, you know, they're, the the young guys are coming in and they're ready to go right away. And uh, it's it's adding a lot of depth in both classes and um, you know obviously the unpredictability of the series is what adds excitement though. So. Kind of in a, you know, we're all pretty lucky right now, I think. Yeah, yeah, I could see Cooper doing it too, if he can put it together, although he's been somewhat inconsistent. Uh, although he seems Yeah, and then either, yeah. there's either like, even like dark horses like Davos, and I know he's struggled, but he's got the speed if everything's a perfect, you know, perfect day. Oh, uh, Jesus. Wharton is getting better. I mean, there's there's a ton of guys that you're like, these guys have won, you know, they've been on the podium before, like right. they're legit. Okay. You know, maybe they haven't shown it yet this year, but those guys can, they can do it. Okay, so let me ask you this: After um, getting sick and not and missing the first four races, uh, Adam Cincirillo not racing this weekend. 
um, most likely back at Bud's Creek. How does he? Where does he fit in now? Uh, I think before Hangtown, we would all be in agreement that he'd be a top five guy, or you know, four, five, six, somewhere around there. Um, we've seen what Cooper Webb did, has been doing. So where does Adam, having missed this time and been sick, where does he slot in at Bud's Creek? It's tough to say. I'm I'm very. Um... I don't know if happy is the right word, but I think it was a very good decision for them to skip this weekend and then take another weekend and then race Butch Creek. Uh, a couple of reasons. I think the time is a huge thing for him to get back to 100%. Mm-hmm. And then also I think Butch Creek is a very good track for him to come back at. Uh, the dirt's very similar to Florida. There's not a ton of, like, ruddy off-cameras and stuff that he doesn't, probably doesn't have a ton of experience with. Uh, so I think, you know, a lot of guys have made their debuts at the Butch Creek type type race like Gerke and, and Chisholm and those guys and they all did really really well just because it is similar to Florida oh. so um, I think you know I think he's going to get good starts I, I would say he can get into that 4-7 to seven if he's ready you know and that's the whole thing how ready is he you know is he 100% and I'm hoping that's the reason is they want him to be like at his best come by Creek so hmm, assuming that I say 4-7 to seven. you're saying because you yourself scored your career best, but finish at Bud's Creek fifth. That it is a Florida track. No, it's from guys like Troy Adams and Red Dog and Chisholm and Gerke and all the Florida guys always do good there. So really, I know. Yeah. Well, yeah. The dirt, the dirt's very similar. It's kind of a clay sand, orangish. Yeah. Uh, I never. It's like it always feels like home whenever you're riding there. Like the consistency and like the way yeah. you can trust the traction is very similar to Florida. I never put that together. Interesting. Okay. Um, 702-586-7857 if you uh, want to talk high point round four Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championships this weekend JT you'll be there um, I will yeah I'll be at all of them so uh, and and of course you have the uh, vtosports.com VIP program which how's that going yep. uh, it's going good yeah okay. outdoors is a little bit different but it's going good I doubt the guy who tweeted me is listening or is going to listen to this it's pretty well maybe he will but he asked me last week if it was worth the money, and I never responded. I just want to say way I, to go. I apologize for not responding. I just remembered it right now. It is worth the money. So Okay, cool. Um, okay, so you you texted me this morning. You're not happy with my Martin Davalos write-up. No, with what your comments were to Mitch on oh. the show on Monday. Oh, what were they? Uh, Mitch was kind of like, you know, I, he Mitch does feel like he can win races and he can help him figure it out. You know, he's kind of rattling off stuff where he had five heat wins and led Vegas for 10 laps and all this stuff. Yeah. And you kind of went along with it and didn't really voice your opinion that you voiced to me all the time. <laughs> well, no, Mitch knows. I was kind Mitch. of frustrated that you were just kind of like, uh, oh, yeah, Mitch Payton, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Davos is awesome. Well, I, I did – we did have – we'd only had Mitch for a limited time. We He could only fit in a window. So – I think maybe I just picked my battles and like didn't want to argue, turn the show into a big argument. He does know, though. We've talked about it, um, and, you know. And basically, I pointed out, you know, dozen riders that I felt could 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 perform better than Martine. Uh, you think though he can? You're off, you and Dan Truman definitely are are on the on the D- Davalos bandwagon. Well, much more for Supercross. I think he's better at Supercrossing than outdoors. Not that he's better. Right. Yeah, he's good outdoors. Don't get me wrong. He's way better than I ever was. But I think his strength is in Supercross. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think that he could win races for sure. He almost did this year. You know, if they would cut the main events down to six laps, he'd be a multi-time champion. Um, so, but but outdoors, <laughs> outdoors. But no, he's not going to. He's not going to win races outdoors. No, not not going to happen. What's he, he, where you know, do you a think good he day, could finish? He could get top five. Okay, yes, yeah, see that a good no, 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 he couldn't. No, no, no. He, he those days eight. are over. He got eighth, and he didn't really ride that good. So he you're got eight. saying that no way he could possibly get top five. I think that's foolhardy when he's done it many times. He got eighth in a moto. Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever. I mean, I got fifth at an outdoor. You think anybody ever predicted I was going to get fifth at an outdoor? I always no. knew you could. Yeah. Right. I always did. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it, it boggles my mind that sometimes it. Yeah, here, see, this is the real right. Martin Davalos, Steve. Well, I, I mean, I no, he seems like a great guy. He seems like a really nice guy. I just, how much money has he made for how little results he has gotten? 
and for how many people that are like, he can do it. And we've seen him. He's fast, super fast. But, yep. I mean, you don't win. You can he- say the same thing about Josh Grant, though. Um. Yep, yep. Who do you who do you think's made more money, though? Oh, Josh Grant, by far. Yeah, probably Grant, yeah. Yeah, Grant. yeah he, was a, he was getting 600 from but, Geico one time. But, but, yeah. Grant has won races. Grant's won everything. 250 outdoor, 450 outdoor, 450 supercross, 250 supercross. Grant has won everything at least once. Martin, has, yeah, no, I Martin hasn't won a thing. For as good as he is, he could have had a lot more wins and, and titles and all kinds of stuff. I think he's that level. Davos, I don't think he's I don't think he's on the same level as Josh Grant, but he could have won races by now. So um similar comparison but different, you know. Actually different. Yeah. I know I can't think of one off the top of my head, but Josh Grant had to have won a two fifty national at some point, right? Oh yes. Yeah, absolutely. okay, all right. Yep. Yeah. I, well, yep. off, off the top of my head I'm like, am I right? But no, he had he won actually he actually won high point. Oh there we go. So there we go. Yeah. Uh, Terry, what's going on? Thank you for listening to the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Hey, Steve. Uh, appreciate the show, man. Uh, oh, appreciate you listening. Really? Are you? Do you have a job? Me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I work from home. Okay, so yeah. Okay, all right, so it doesn't count. I'm really interested in finding out how many people are actually at work and not working and listening to this. That's what I want to uh, find out. I, I don't know. I, I'd have to uh, right. ask around my employees. Yeah, yeah. All right, but you're working from home. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're, okay. What's up? Hey, uh, my question is, I heard at the Canadian Nationals that they're running 252 strokes with the 254 strokes. They are. And yeah, they are. If that's true, are they doing it in Europe? And if they're doing it in Europe, uh, why is the United States so far, far behind? I don't think they're doing it in Europe, but judging by the lack of riders and the absolute nuttiness and insanity going on with the rulers of that series, I, I predict we'll see that soon because they just need riders, and they're just going to keep bending rules and making new – Rules until they get enough riders, a la allowing Leva Lancelot to race, a la Super Finals, uh, all this stuff. So um, that maybe happens soon. Um, in Canada, the opening round was on uh, Sunday. The number one guy that people thought could do some damage in the 250 four-stroke class on the two-stroke crashed and broke his collarbone. So we can't really see how we could do, but... It is it is interesting to see how that's going to work out. Okay, thanks for thanks for taking my call. Thanks, Terry. All right, um, let's not forget, guys. Uh, the Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show, supported by Fly Racing, one of the top North American brands out there. And don't forget, uh, on their Fly Racing, they're all about sharing with their fans. Sharing is caring, and as a result, they have created the Flywall, a fun way for you to share your photos. On the Fly Racing website, simply head over to flyracing.com. Look for the Flywall menu in the upper right of the homepage. Post your pick. Upload a photo of yourself in your gear. JT, have you done this? Uh, no, I haven't, no. You need to. You can even apply. Right, I'll get right on it. Yeah, you can even apply. work now. I can do it. I can yeah. do it within the hour. Do it. Post a photo of yourself in your fly gear. I don't, I, do you need a photo? Uh, it's, for, it's for, you know, for our Fly Racing kind of sponsored riders and, and people that are out there doing it. Now, I'm, I'm an employee, bro. Oh, I know, but I still want to see you in your gear. Ah, oh, you saw it for 15 years. Yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> you can apply Instagram photo filters. You can choose a photo from one of the fa- from one of the face one of your Facebook photos. Once you're approved, your photo will show up on the Flywall. Head on over to flyracing.com. Upload your photo for a chance to be featured on Flywall. And while you're online, make sure you follow at USA on Twitter. Fly Racing on Facebook, Instagram. JT, I'll see you at the track and on the fly wall, bro. All right. Um, all right. So uh, thanks again for Fly Racing for uh, for stepping up for this show. No doubt. JT, would you like to see two strokes in the four-stroke class? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to waffle now. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's such a – you can uh, – and – I don't think that it's fair against just your average privateer stock 250F, but I think against what Mitch and Geico and KTM are putting out, just a, just a privateer bringing us 252 stroke, I think it's a fair fight all day long. Yeah. So um, do with that what you want. I don't know. I'm sure you did not listen to the Canadian Motocross preview show with myself and uh, the Newf and, and Ryan Gold, but. I listened to part of it, yeah. Oh, okay. Wow, okay. Yep. Um, that is the debate going on up there. Uh, Sean Moffenbeyer right. is riding a two-stroke, and there's a couple guys, and interesting to see how they would do. Tell me 
where you think a two-stroke would be better and worse than a four-stroke at? Uh, on the start, for sure, um, that two-bitty two-stroke is going to be better. Uh, you know, in any kind of, like, uh, where there's a ton of tracks that have a lot of traction um, and the sand track, stuff like that, it, the, the okay. two-stroke is going to so, be a lot better. So, so you think a two-stroke is a lot better in the sand. See, we were waffling on that because I, I see what you're saying. It's faster and it's lighter. But man, mm-hmm. if you if you slip up on a two stroke, which is easy to do in a sand track, if you fall off, well, you know, I feel like it's a... not too bad because you can just rev the fist out of the thing. You know, like you don't really when you really fall off on a two stroke, it's when it's kind of uh, kind of slippery and you're like right on that power band edge mm-hmm. in the sand, man. You just let the thing rip, you know, just clutch the crap out of it and go. Okay, so yeah, I so... remember like in '03 and '04 when the when the four fifties were just kind of coming yeah. on the scene, you know, in a big way. Uh, I remember at Southwick racing against the 282 strokes, and, man, the things just handled so much better mm. in my bike kind of around the track. Like, they were just doing whatever they wanted, and the bike was, was not really bouncing around too much, and, and they looked like they were so much more aggressive. And this is while I'm racing right behind them, you know? Oh, okay. So I think, yeah. I think in that situation, that two-stroke's going to be really good. All right. Yeah, well, see, that's, that's what we needed on that show was someone who'd raced against them. Cause I, I, but I, having yeah. said that, on an off-camber track or a slippery track or – Anything where um, you're kind of worried about being able to carry momentum across flat turns or anything like that, you're just going to get crushed by a factory to the DF. Crushed? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just the tractability and all that kind of stuff, all the, the kind of benefits of a four-stroke, those factory to the DF, as we saw with them doing that uphill triple this weekend, those things are really, really good. I mean, those things are like pushing 50 horsepower now, you know? Mm-hmm. So... They've come, they've come a long way to where even the peak horsepower numbers, you're not giving up a ton. Right. Um, JT, if I were to ask you, 450s, uh, point standings, who's seventh? Now, we know the top five, right? You, you know, we can right. name the top five. And, and you can probably guess who's sixth. Cooper Webb. No, uh, 450s. Oh. Uh... The top five, Villapoto, Dungey, Barsha, Stewart, Kennard. And uh, you're short. Nope, six is Michael Lessie. James Stewart. No. No, I said that. So guess who's seventh? Oh. Rattray. Yeah, Rattray. Yeah. yeah. So maybe he's not having that crappy of a season. I mean, Mitch Mitch said he, he was. He seems like he is. But he's seventh in the points. I mean, I guess just consistency? Well, I think that I think Mitch thought he could be a top five guy. I, thought he, I think he thought he could battle with Kennard with and – those guys, he really hasn't. He's been consistent, but as far as raw speed and being in the in the battle, he really hasn't been. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think seventh is good, but if you really break it down, it's a little bit misleading. Right. Yeah, even though he did score. Even, even, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Even, like, you look at Mike Gillespie, who's sixth, he had a really strong weekend last weekend to where you could kind of be like, yeah, man, he was up there, where we haven't really seen that from Tyler yet. No, we haven't, have we? Um I just feel like, like looking at Rattray, I mean, he's seventh in the points. He's coming under some criticism, but he's ahead of Sipes and Weimer and Tickle. You know, when do we start wondering what's going on with Brock Tickle? You know? I think that's been, been underway for a while. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think his starts are a huge part of it, but at, yeah. at the same time, you know, that's that's part of the race. You know? Right, right. No, you can only yeah. just blame your starts for so long before you have to be like, well, you know, the start is when the race starts. Like, you can't just give it away at the beginning and blame it on that all the time. Really? Because that's what I would do when I worked for Tim Ferry. When I worked for Red Dog, that was... That <laughs> oh, was... My starts were terrible, too. I did the same thing, but <laughs> right. when, you know, all people look at at the end of the day, especially if they're not involved with your program or team, they just look at the result. Yeah, that's it, right? The bottom line is you, you break yeah. down the result sheets and you break down the lap times and you just go, all right, it is what yeah. it is. There's no... Uh, Bill Parcells used to say, you are what your record is. Um, yeah, and, exactly. and And in, in motocross, you are what your result says. That's yeah. it. You're not better, worse, or whatever. No one remembers. And, and you, yeah, you really find that when you talk to random people through the pits or fans or whatever, and they're just kind of be like, you know, you could have rode the best race of your life, but your result wasn't good. And they're mm-hmm. like, man, you sucked last week. What was the deal? I'm like, no, actually, I rode great, but I started back <laughs> right. here. But nobody else ever sees that, so no. well, it doesn't really matter. It's funny, too, and I've talked to team managers, uh, Jim Perry being one of them, and, and Watson was one guy. At the end of the year, when they're looking at riders to hire – they really just go off result sheets and average finishes, you know, yep. because, I mean, you got to really be – especially if you're on a team 
you're so wrapped up in your team. You know, you're not yep. like myself or you, JT. We stand back and we watch, oh, this guy came from 25th to 12th, great ride, or, or this guy, you know, got tired. You could see it. We're watching everything. When you're on a team, you're so focused on your riders, uh, your one, two, or maybe three guys, that you don't even know what the other guys are doing. So at the end of the year, when it comes to hire someone, you're like, I don't know that Filthy Phil has been fast. All I see is zeros on his, on his sheet. Well, you know what I've, I learned the way I learned this, too, is uh, especially sponsor-wise, like BTO, Vince isn't at a lot of the races, so he's, he can't really see what's going on. He just looks at what happened at the end of the day. You know, right. you could have crashed in the first turn and then set the fastest out of the race, but you still got 14th. You know, that's all that that's all that they see. Yeah. And then when when the you know, fly racing or FMF or whoever calls that week and and they ask how you did or you have to send in your race report, all they look at yeah. is the number. Yeah. That's all they care about. So yeah, I it, know it's harsh that way, but that's the way it is. There was one prominent team looking for a rider for 2014 that texted our buddy Jason Wygant. And asked them, uh, who's who's going to be out of lights eligibility next year? Like they want a 450 guy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, if you don't know that and you're texting a media guy, yep. you, you got issues. Like yep. I, I, I care I, about the results. I question your program, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, are you surprised? You look at for some programs that will remain nameless. <laughs> uh, that's not that surprising. Good point. You're right. Well, we should keep them nameless. Oh, well, maybe we can name them. I don't know. But uh, – <laughs> Listen, um, I, I'll name him. Um, hey, strong ride for Ben LeMay coming back from injury last week. Yeah, it's pretty good, especially right. hot, too. You know? mm-hmm. I didn't know how that was going to go. I think he'll be better this weekend, but uh, good good return. I mean, I didn't really kind of came in under the radar, not that he's a superstar or anything. but I think he's under the radar anyways, man. I really do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's, he's a good rider, man. He was getting in the top ten like every moto at the end of last year. Right, so. and he was getting help from Yamaha and some special parts and stuff. He's making the bike better, you know, yep. all that. So um, uh, he's, he could be somebody that could be better from here on out. And Nicoletti, man, I, I've been on that bandwagon for a while. Filthy Phil is yeah. fast. He's good. He, he is, man. He deserves a lot of credit. And I – I really agreed with kind of what you guys were talking about uh, with Phil and Josh Grant. Like, you know, somebody was texting you complaining about or whatever, Josh yeah. Grant making so much money. But it, it is, and it's that raw speed. <laughs> yeah. That's all it is. And, and Phil's doing great, but unless somebody thinks he can be a top five guy or ever be on the podium or win, no one's ever going to write him a huge check. It's just, no. That's just the reality of the sport. No, no. And, 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 you know, Josh Grant has his critics, some, and one of them is me at times, but – when you go out and set the fastest time over Ryan Villapoto and Ryan Dungey. Two times in a row. Two times in a row, yeah. Yeah. You will yeah. continue to get checks in the mail every two weeks. Yeah. Because, you know, they, people think that they're the ones, they're the ones that can uh, make it happen. You know, they're the ones that can turn it, turn it on. So. Well, yeah, this, there's always the same thing in, in football, right? There's always right. a talented guy. Like Jamarcus Russell's in the news right now. Like the Bears are going to. Oh, there's no, always somebody that thinks they're smart no. enough and has the right program that can turn somebody around. The Bears are always going to be those guys. The Bears are trying them out. Yeah, tomorrow. Oh yeah. come on! No, I'm, I'm dead serious. He has a workout, and if it goes well, they're going to sign him. I have been down that Jared Marcus Russell road. <laughs> I have been <laughs> but down. It's there. the same philosophy. You know, <laughs> right. you've got everybody thinks they're so smart that they can right. figure it out where nobody else was able to. Do you remember one time we were arguing about him, and I was just blind, and I told you one time he could throw 80 yards on his knees. You're just yeah. like well, unfortunately, in the, in the NFL, if anybody touches you, you're already down, so that's not going to happen. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly that's exactly it, right? Oh, we got ferocious hounds here in the studio. Um, they hate Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> not, not fans. <laughs> it's it's not it's not Vic. It's Russell, different quarterback. <laughs> uh, hey, anything new? I know your buddies with Weston Pike. Uh, he's in Australia yep. uh, racing. He is. Is he coming yep. back anytime soon? Does he have anything? Uh, I mean, he's doing the same program. You know, he's uh, okay. I think he's sticking to his plan, which was five races. All right. And, so yeah, uh, no, nothing. Yeah, he's going to do that. Doing that race this weekend, making good money down there. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we we pay him well um, here, and I think he doesn't. You know, it has to be like an incredible deal for him to just go bail on his the deals he has now. Right. Right. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think the goal for him is to try to get the right deal for mm-hmm. for 2014, which I think that was the same plan as it was a year ago right now. But, you know, hopefully something works out. And 
If not, I know that, you know, we have big plans for them at Fly as far as what we want to do with them if, if we can. Testing testing chest protectors and things like that? <laughs> no, having them uh, run inside the top 10 in Supercross would be probably uh, you know, part of that. I dropped the ball on Monday night, which isn't surprising, but um, I didn't ask uh, Mitch about a fill-in. And some of the people in the chat room are, are right now on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show on com are speculating about uh, Dino's ride. Do we know anything? I, why didn't I ask Mitch that? Tits, why didn't you get me to ask Mitch? I don't know, but actually somebody uh, had tweeted that to me as well. And personally, obviously, I don't know anything, but I thought I didn't think that they would get a <laughs> We know that. Personally, I don't know anything. <laughs> so I, Someone get that drop. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think that they right. would. Um, um, mostly because they've already got enough guys to handle as it is. I'm sure they wouldn't I, mind cutting back a little bit. Yeah, I asked Mitch uh, about an injury fill-in, and he, before Hangtown, I said, so if somebody gets hurt, I mean, is this a real deal where you're going to fill it in? And and uh, I think he said, uh, um, it depends. So what do you think, JT? Do you think they fill it? I don't. No, no I don't. No, So I think with Adam coming in, that adds, uh, you know, that basically replaces, I know it's a different bike and all that, but it basically replaces another guy, and yeah. I don't see them doing that just because of all the testing and effort and everything it takes. And unless there's somebody that's just really, really good that is worth it, it's it's kind okay. of more headache than it's worth. Usually, is how it works out. Let me let me throw this at you. You ready? You ready? Uh, are you gonna like hit me with something? Well, I know because we're on the phone line. But um, okay. Tyler Bowers. Yeah, and I've heard that name thrown around. Um, but I mean, what do you think? What do you think his ceiling is? Outdoors, which he's keep in mind, he's never really done anything outdoors. Yeah, uh, his in this class, man, uh, nine, ten, twelve ceiling. You know, okay. I mean, is that is that really worth doing it for for anybody, like for Tyler or for the team? Keep in mind that Tyler has his own arena cross deal. He makes tons of money and yeah. not really. He's dating. Looking, a, he's he's da- not in the same place as Weston Pike is, where he's trying to find a ride and he's out there. He's dating a monster girl. He's in Costa yeah, exactly. Rica. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think that there's a huge desire. I mean, Tyler, maybe, maybe, maybe he wants to be out there. I don't know, but I know that's not like kind of, man, I got to be out there. I gotta, you know, that's not really where he's at. So, okay. I don't know. If I had to, if I had to say yes or no, which you're kind of asking me, I would say they don't fill there's, up the spot. There's a lot of jackasses in the, in the energy drink end of things that maybe they would be like, hey. Oh, that's well documented how you feel about that. Um, Maybe they go, hey, Mitch, put. Put Tyler Bowers out there running the monster flag, you know. So I don't know. You like like a cape? Yeah, like a cape. Don't have him okay. race the bike. Just have him stand there with a cape and his monster yeah, girlfriend. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Um. Anyways, yeah, maybe I don't know. I, I guess you're right. Um, Matt Walker versus Tim Ferry this weekend at Muddy Creek, Loretta Lens Regional. Uh, all right. Very exciting. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Does Timmy have him covered? Uh, I don't know. Talk to him this morning. He hasn't been riding much. Hard to say. I yeah. don't know if anybody's do either of them ride a lot. I don't know. He hasn't been riding much. Uh, Matt Walker's good at Muddy Creek. We'll see. Not Kevin Walker, Matt Walker. Um, right. We'll see. Should be interesting. Uh, JT, thank you. Uh, Fly Racing no World worries. 60 show. We uh, we appreciate it. Uh, they're supported by Fly Racing. This is the only reason the show is happening, due to the folks at Fly Racing, who are one of the fastest growing MX and off-road riding apparel and hard part brands in the North American market. Distributed in 40-plus countries worldwide, JT has been to 38 of those probably in the last uh, six months. Probably a good guess. Yeah. So uh, thanks, JT, for coming on. Appreciate it, bud. We'll see you at, All right, high, see you guys. See you at high Point. And, uh, and that's it, everybody. That's the Fly Racing Moto 60 show for, for uh, episode number four. Um, looking forward to uh, High Point this weekend. We're off next weekend, so we're not going to have a Fly Racing Moto 60 show next week, but we will be back before Buds to uh, preview Buds Creek, talk about what we saw at High Point, talk about what we saw on the break the wait, break off. Um, thanks to, uh, who won the helmet? Who won Luke. The, Luke. Luke, Luke name, uh, congratulations yeah. on winning the Fly 3-4 helmet, man. Uh, that's awesome. And that's what you get for listening to the show, live. If you're at work, ditch out. You can win something. We're going to give away something every week. It's worth so it. So, it is worth it. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to uh, Jason Thomas of... Uh, Fly Racing for coming on and bench racing with us. We appreciate it. Um, don't forget, you can get this on Stitcher. Get it on iTunes. You guys subscribe on iTunes to a different account. Get it on Stitcher. The, the archive will be up on pulpamex.com. 
And uh, we really appreciate you guys listening. Looking forward to High Point. I, I, let me give you some predictions for High Point. Villapoto, Dungey, Barsha. I know, I'm going out, out on a limb right now. Surprise of the day will be Josh Grant. 250s? 250s, I think uh, I think Tomac will do it. Tomac, Baggett, Roxton. I know. Once again, you're welcome for those radical predictions. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you in two weeks.